half past six and always uh, for the last 10 years we have always started on time and it's wonderful uh, to welcome all of you for the 11th Jeffrey Bauer Memorial Lecture. Jeffrey Bauer died on the 27th of May 2003 and the first lecture was held um, on his birthday of the year that he died. Um, so it's been 11 years since he passed away and we remember his life and celebrate his life uh, with this annual uh, memorial lecture uh, where over the years we've tried to bring uh, people from different parts of the world, from different uh, interests in and, and focuses in architecture uh, to speak to us and share with us their lives uh, through which we might um, celebrate uh, Mr. Bowers. Um, so, welcome to all of you uh, who have made the effort to be with us this evening um, and I really hope that you would have uh, enlightening experience speaking, uh, uh, listening to uh, the two speakers uh, we have this, uh, this evening. Um, over the years we've got speakers from all over the world as I said before and I think it's the first time we are getting anyone from the Americas or right out there uh, on the other side of the world. Um, Francisco Serrano and Juan Pablo Serrano are a father and son duo who work in Mexico. And of course, their work was first seen by my old guru and friend Angelendran. And I don't normally find Angelendran uh, waxing lyrical about other people's work. It's usually his work that's the best. But I remember him coming along and, and getting extremely excited after seeing a wonderful uh, building of the Mexican Embassy in Berlin, which had been done by Francisco Serrano, and uh, saying, you know, we really must have them here uh, to speak at the Jeffrey, Jeffrey Lecture. And I must, at, this, at the very outset, thank Mr. Miles Young, who over several years have sponsored um, the uh, lecturer or the speakers to come out to Sri Lanka. He's been very generous uh, uh, with the memorial lecture and we, we always thank him and I really would like to thank him for having brought people from the other side of the world so that we could listen to them. Um, Francisco and, and uh, Juan Pablo are, are very special architects because it's for the first time I've ever heard of a fourth generation of architects. Juan Pablo is the fourth generation in a line of architects. His great-grandfather was an architect. His grandfather and his papa who is with us and him. So I don't, I've heard of business houses going into four and five and six generations. But to actually have an architect, uh, a gener it's five, four generations of architects, one after another is actually quite special. So I think uh, it's, it's a great privilege to have both of them with us and although they don't work in the same practice, they have supported each other on various projects and uh, they have done some wonderful work. And today in Sri Lanka, as we sort of, you know, open up into uh, maybe uh, into large projects, public projects that seem to be happening all around us, their work is perhaps uh, something of a bit of a direction in which perhaps we should be looking uh, while, we, while we do these. While a lot of the work that is being done is highly appreciated, it would also be nice to learn from people like Francisco and Pablo 
particularly Francisco's work, um, where great public spaces and great public buildings uh, have been built uh, in, in, in Mexico and in other parts of South America. Uh, and so we look forward to listening to um, uh, both Francisco and Juan Pablo uh, about uh, their work and uh, what they do. I won't go on to sort of uh, talk too much and introduce their great credentials. They're they are very well-known architects in Mexico, highly respected, uh, and I think a lot of that uh, would, has appeared in the press, so I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't bore you with all that. And without taking too much of your time, I'd like to welcome Juan Pablo and Francisco to speak to you this evening. We appreciate very much the opportunity that the Geoffrey Bauer Trust has gave us to be with you tonight. We have been in the business of architecture myself for many, many years, 55 by the time being. And as Shannon very clearly stated, we are of a family that is very special in Mexico because myself is the third generation in architecture and Pablo is the fourth. So we thank you very much and we thank all the kindness you have been giving us in this trip. Thank you. Hello? Hello? Yeah, that's yeah, that's fine. Okay, uh, thank you again for coming. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, we're really lucky to be here. I think it's an honor to be on the other part of the world talking about our work. And uh, thank you for all our, our friends and also the new friends that we have been done here in this trip, during this trip. So let's start talking a little bit about what it's Mexico. As you, as you can see here, uh, we can tell you in advance that Mexico and Sri Lanka in some way are really similar. Maybe not cultural, but talking about the latitude, we are both tropical countries. So uh, the thing is that maybe it's, we are a little bigger because, <laughs> but in some way, you are surrounded by the ocean, and we have a lot of oceans on, on, on left and right. We have the Gulf of the Mexico on the right, and we have the Pacific Ocean, and, uh, and also the Sea of Cortez, which is this interior uh, ocean that we have here. It's really famous because all the fauna that we have here, about whales, about things. So in some way, all this area, all this area and all this area is really similar. We, we have the same humidity, this, the same heat, the uh, palm trees, so in some way uh, in, we can say that we've been working with similar weather, similar sun, similar winds, similar things as, as you have done, uh, have done things here. Let me tell you a little bit about Mexico and its whole culture. We, have, we did have an exposition in the 20th century that was called 4,000 Years of Mexican Architecture. Most of these cultures are uh, before Christ and many are after Christ, as you probably know. 
But the most impressive thing is that they, they have been a combination and a mixture of culture between the old pre-Columbian cultures and then afterwards with the Spaniards, what we call the mixed culture. It's important that Mexico, we have many cultures. You can see here, we have the Mayas, we have the Teotihuacans, we have the Aztecs. So it's really a mixture of different uh, uh, people, different languages, different uh, food, different things. But at the same time, the mixture has always been, thanks God, very fortunate. We, we didn't have too many struggles, even though, as you know, conquering the countries is always a big uh, struggle in the life of people. But let's talk a little bit now what happened when the Spaniards come to Mexico. They come to the 16th century, something similar to that the Portuguese people did here. And they left us a way of building which was different, a way of building that was basically done with the Renaissance rules, put it in a new continent. So this is what the big squares like the one on the left and, and the small pieces of uh, culture, cultural, especially religious culture, was taught to us. Now let me tell you something about contemporary Mexico. This is as my grandfather. My grandfather was born in the late 19th century and, and died in 1915. And, and he did some very, very well-known buildings in Mexico in major corners of the city downtown, which are both pointed here. Then this was my father. My father was really the pioneer, or one of the pioneers of modern architecture in Mexico. Uh, he first was an engineer, and then he studied to be an architect. Most of his work was very well known, and especially because the, the themes of the buildings he was fortunate to build were the avant-garde things like the cinema, or the uh, buildings that were multiple dwellings instead of singular houses. The other thing that was important in his life is that he was a teacher. He was a teacher for many years in the university and he left a very good image and very well uh, related the information he gave to engineers and architects about what, what we call now sustainability is about. Then this is the most known Mexican architect through the world, which uh, has become very well known. This is Luis Barragan, and those are the gardens. That's a picture of him in front of this magnificent place he, he designed. But let me tell you something. Barragan was a friend of my father. He was an engineer. He was never an architect. And his main works, which are very well known, are after he was 50. Not before. Before that, he did so many other works that were not very well known. This is part of his house that you probably have seen published, but it's very well known. This is another important person in, in the Mexican contemporary architecture. This is, his name is Matias Geritz. He was uh, 
a German that went out of his country during the World War, and then a student in Mexico, he was a very good friend of Barragan, by the way he did his towers, which are the entrance of a new, of a new city in Mexico. He was also, he was also a uh, great developer of great ideas like this, which is a common sculpture done in the Pedregal, which is a part of the, of the lava of the mountains close to the Mexico City, which have this circle that just look at the space and the skies and this, and it's saying this is the world, what is about it. This is another famous uh, person in Mexico. This is Chucho Reyes, we say, the, the real name is written down there. But he was the first guy to introduce to architecture the colors in architecture. By the way, you will see in our work that we do not use too many colors. We only use one, which has all the colors mixed, which is white. <laughs> this was another famous architect. He was the first one to use colors in architecture in Mexico, not Barragan. One was this guy. And at the same time, he was very modern. This was one of the last buildings he, he built close to the 80s. Now, as you probably know, Mexico City was found in a lake. When uh, the Aztecs came to this beautiful valley, which is very high related to the rest, to the rest of the uh, country, they find that they had a mild weather, they have water, and different pieces of uh, species to, to, to have a better way of life. So, now, now, this is downtown Mexico, and unfortunately we have almost eaten all the lake, and the city is on top of this section. Huh? And as, as you know, and we showed it before, now we have a community of 22 million, which is a, a lot. This is for you to give an idea of how this is the, the city now. Remember the lake I showed you? Now everything is below ground, but still the, the mountains around give you a very good idea of what is Mexico about. This is Mexico City today. This is one of the major avenues, very well known because it has a trace similar to the, to the uh, Champs-Élysées uh, Paris. But the main, the most important thing is that you see that all these tall buildings are being done in the second part of the 20th century. That, that gives you an idea of the huge effort Mexicans are doing to have a better city and to have a global city at the same time. I think that that's the same problem that you have here or, or the people have in all the world. Uh, people are moving from the fields to the city. So a high density city is appearing in all these big cities as, as Mexico. Just to have an idea, there are 27 projects on, on this street. Those uh, projects are around 200 meter tall buildings. No, I will start giving you a brief idea of what most of the major works that they have published in, in my life. This is the Mexican Embassy 
in Brazil. Uh, that's a work we did in the 70s and that was very well known because it represents many things that we have in Mexico, like the inclined uh, walls that we call taludes, which are these ones, and at the same time the exotic uh, door that doesn't conduce to any place, but at the same time is the invitation to see that this is Mexico related to Brazil. This was a huge effort at the time. Brazilian government menaces all other countries that they should change their embassies to Brasilia or they will break relations. So we did this work in a hurry at the, the 1972 up. And these are the, the taludes or these uh, earth, earthworms that we built. So this is the chancellery. This is the ambassador's house, and this is the, the peoples that work in the embassy at that time. And at the same time, we have this big space that has the function of giving all the parties, uh, open parties, and, uh, which is typical of in South America and also in Mexico. And at the same time, we use the, 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 um, the site to see the lake, which is in this part. Now you can see it from the from the house of the ambassador. That's the look. This is the chancery, and that's the lake. So it was something new for for many people to do things in exposed concrete, things that were very rough in the idea, and at the same time have these roots of Mexican culture. This is another project that we did, which is a big one. This is a university, this is a Jesuit university, which houses 15,000 students. And that was the first piece of development in this part of the city. There was nothing around when we built this 30 years ago. Now this is one of the new colonies in Mexico, which has uh, housed most of the new uh, corporate buildings which we have been fortunate to decide. So this is uh, a building that I've been working for 30 years already. We started with this part originally, then we did this other part, then I did this part, and now we just are finishing this. 30 years working for the same client, which is not very easy. <laughs> this is something that is typical of Mexico, not not too much in use anymore, but the use of brick. You have brick and you use it here. But here we use brick the way my father taught me. That is the brick that it's part of the form for pouring in the concrete, which is very different from the way you do brick in some other conditions. And so we can do big spans or we can do tall buildings with the same process of construction. This is the middle of the patio. Remember that we come from a culture that loves patios on account of the weather. And in this case, patios on top, patios on the bottom, and even patios underneath. Here you can see this is the cafeteria, which is underneath, the big patio, and the tall building, which is the library. I have been fortunate enough to do many public buildings in my life. 
This is one of them. This is the federal court, which was done after the quake in Mexico. You know that we have a terrible quake in 1985, and a lot of buildings were, fell down, and this was a reconstruction of this court. This I'll show you because it has to, a relation with the climate. You know, this is the main circulation, and you, it's open circulation up into the air, and at the same time, at the sides are all the courts. So that relates very easy to our climate, and at the same time gives you a sense of pertinence on this big axis and, and this uh, scale that is monumental, like many things we have in Mexico. This is another work. This was the first work that I got a prize in the world. This was done in, in the 80s also. This is my house, which is, instead of this, it's sunken, and all the garden is on, is on top of the, of the house, as you can see here. So this is the way that you can feel the space. That's very common now. But my father was the first guy to do a roof garden in Mexico. And we, have, we continue with this uh, good experience. And this is a patio inside the house. As I told you, in this part of the city, most of the corporate buildings have been made. We won in a competition this to do the Hewlett-Packard complex. And I will tell you in advance that the way we do the concrete is very particular of us. We have done this in the Mexican embassy in Berlin, which I will show you, and China told a little bit about it. But this is a, a concrete that is not exposed, it's chisel. After it's poured, then we chisel and we have, instead of gravel, we use marble. So when you chisel, you expose it. And when you expose it, it brights and doesn't look like concrete. This was the scheme of, of Hewlett-Packard, only an office building with, with the patches, with the umbrellas, which is typical, again, of the climate. No? In section, it's very simple. It's only this with this section, which is the public part, and this is for parking. As you see, I, I, I took these uh, examples to bring it to you because this has a big relation with many things that you have here in Sri Lanka, and especially in the south, is part of the world, which is the relation with sun and shadow the relation with gardens on top of buildings, and so forth. <coughs> this is, again, another view of the same building. This is a competition that was held when Mexico started to do the NAFTA, which is a treaty of uh, free commerce with the United States and Canada. A change of the scale of the building, office buildings, came, came in. This was a competition that we were fortunate to win, and it's the biggest development in private development done not only in Mexico, but in South America too. This is a complex that we have been building for 18 years. This is the, we just finished this in 2008, and has 650,000, 20,000, excuse me, square meters. When we won the competition, we thought that they were killing us. I would say, we'll never do that. It 
that's impossible. It's too big to be doing that. And so we did it. It's the main thing about this, which has been celebrated in some other parts of the world, is that this is a structure of concrete that is poor inside. Nothing is precast, no, no metal structure, and we have 160 meters from this part to this. And again, we did a party that is different from, as you see, the rest of the city, which is like a big patio with small buildings, only six floors high. And then we have a space to put gardens on top of parking and on top of certain parts of the buildings and have a relation that gives you a sense of space which normally wasn't done at that time. Here there's another thing that is important. After the quake, all the ways of constructing in Mexico change. We have to use the structure on the outside so that the inertia of the forms resist the uh, horizontal loads. And so as you see, this is the main structure only with two columns or four columns in the middle. And these small buildings have all the facades, the structure, and only one column in the middle, having 15 meter spans. This is the section of the same building that you can understand how all the parking and facility services are here. Some part like a, a reunion or meeting places are here. The gardens are on top. And we also use the street to have parking facility, public, public parking. And again, on this other building, which was the, the last part we built, we, in this case, we have 160, the same case than this, but we wanted to have different forms, but at the same time that they were friends, the friendly relation between two. And we have a, a saying since many times in my life that for doing a building, you have to do a good party first. A party that means that you have an idea of the total, even though time is going to be in the middle, changing many things on your mind even. So we decided to use like a leitmotiv in music just the square for the windows, and, and all, on the lower part, always a portico. And this is what the building is about. So let me just say something. In any case, all the, all the sky lifts and stairs are always on the outside in this part here and in this part here. And this gives you a new idea that the floor spans are free of columns and free of elevators and so forth. And as I told you, and the concrete is something that we develop, thanks God to the client that let us do it because, you know, rich people normally don't want concrete buildings. They want buildings that are made out of marble, granite, or something that is polished and luxury look. So we were fortunate now this is used in many other buildings in Mexico. This is a building that is very well known as probably my friend Alejandro told, told somebody to, to invite us on this. This is a small building that we won in a competition also. This is a Mexican embassy in Berlin. That, uh, we have only an idea in the main party. All the buildings, basically, in, in, uh, 
and Berlin especially are made out of windows like this. So we decided to skip them, to skip that scale and give it another scale. So it has a sense of monumental, but light monumental, because this is only 18 meters tall. And at the same time, when you look at it like this, it's like a wall. Apparently, it has no windows at all. And at the same time, this is just a brisolet, again for climate. The structure is always on the outside. And we have a void here, which is the party for the elevator and the stair, that is the common room for everybody. This is the, the plan, which all this section has to do very much with the uh, city rules. In, in Berlin, that they are very strict. I, I will not take your time on that, but that's the reason of this form. All the rooms must open the, the doors, and at the same time, there is another building here, so you cannot be close to the building. So there is a relation with these forms. Again, section is important and structure is important. Again, the sun is something important. As you know, Berlin has extreme weather and very bad light, basically, in winter. So we decided to have a, an open uh, glass to the sea, to the, to the sky, and at the same time, puncture walls that now are very common in, in some of the work we have done afterwards. In this other uh, picture, you can see how transparent the, the embassy is. And at the same time, if you remember the picture I showed you of uh, Brasilia, it also has the sign of a door. The sign of a door that relates our country to our friend's country. Again, a play form which is common in all my works. This is what I was telling you about the light. The light is different, no? The light is, even though you have this amount of light, it's so bad the light that we need these openings and you see how the shadows Changing it. This is the inside of the of the embassy. We always use in the work, especially in the public works, we use Mexican art and everything. So we think that's a way to to promote Mexican culture, not only the architecture. And again, there's a, a garden on top. And for you that know Berlin, this is the very famous street called Klinghofer Street. And this is the Tier Garden, which is a major park in Berlin. This is another embassy that we did in, uh, in South America. This is in Central America, the Embassy of Guatemala, which is very different from the other. It has the same material, the chisel, the white concrete. And it's around one patio, long patio, and a round patio here to, to save, <coughs> excuse me, to save the trees, which has some Centennial trees, 150 years old. Again, the preoccupation for the climate. I think that's important to have sun shades and have better light and not a problem with the quality of, of the inner spaces. This is the, the patio on the back for big parties and so forth. And, and this garden is on top of the garage main entrance of the embassy. So I'm going to talk about uh, of our work in my office. 
that we have been working for 21 years. And in some way, we, we were really uh, curious about what, what, what can we add for, for new architecture. So uh, how, how the architecture has been changed a little bit with new technology, computers, uh, 3D simulations, and all that. And this is an example of what we've been doing. This is in Tabasco. It's a really uh, a climate like this. And we decided that a cover for a whole building was a good idea. So that's why this is cool. It's all covered with this perforated uh, metal uh, sheet. So this is, at the end, I think, the, not just a roof garden on the top, so we're shading that covers the whole thing. It's an important thing. This is another example. This is a winery. Uh, and we were looking to find the way to do things related with the field. So we dig a six meter to do the storage, to get the right temperature for, for wine, the right humidity for wine. And instead of adding all this equipment and the, to bring all this electricity cost and all that, we solve the whole thing without any equipment. And all the soil that we get uh, from the hole, it's the materials for the 70% of the, of the construction, which is dirt. So it's a combination of concrete inside this pressure block that holds the whole structure and holds the, all the machinery for, for, for the wine factory. And on top, we have a restaurant. So once again, we have a late motif. So it's a wreath of columns, uh, all everything in dirt. That it's, has the same measurements of the vineyards. By night, we add some holes to these earth blocks and we put some uh, glass, uh, tainted glass bottles to have all this transparency during the night. And this is a picture of the hole that we have for the storage below. So we hope to open this winery in the few months, but now on it's a statement talking about sustainability and organic wine. Uh, at the same time, we are uh, also involved in the corporate office in Mexico, as I told. We have a lot of opportunities of, to do some architecture. We have around 2 million square meters to be designed. So many companies from, from abroad, from around the world, are asking for this kind of interior designs. So this is an example of a, a publicity agency that uh, we developed this furniture with these uh, clouds for acoustics. So each team can work with different uh, brands and different things. And uh, you can notice that this is not a bank, that this is not a lawyer. This is a publicity agency, so branding and all that, uh, it's, it's present on the, 
on the solution of, of these kind of spaces. So which uh, we, really, we really want to solve that each project is completely different. So that's, that's what I like a lot, to, to meet new people and to solve new problems for, for each client. This is another example of this uh, cooperative office. This is for Siemens. So we were thinking, uh, what can we do talking about sustainability? This was the most green building in Mexico City because it's lead certification for the core and shell building and also for the interiors. So the whole thing uh, about LEED, it's uh, taking care about people and taking care about uh, energy. So the whole site is related with the bus station, with uh, bicycles, with uh, nurseries, with gyms, with all that to bring a quality of life to the people that are going to work here for eight hours or more. So uh, we also care about health, about uh, meeting points in, in the, between the four levels, about staircases. So instead of moving with elevators, we move with staircases. And, uh, and of course, we, we got the LEED certification because we reduced more than 20% the cost of energy. We uh, developed a new way of, of air conditioning. We developed new uh, sensors for, for people and for daylight. So all, all the lamps are dim uh, with these sensors. This is another example. This is for AXA, the insurance company. And this is more about the health of, of the people. So they care about the quality of the air inside the building. And uh, we decide that uh, most of the, of the desks are standing desks. So you burn more calories. So you solve many problems for column, uh, for uh, blood pressure and for many other things that, that have been tracked uh, uh, with this company. So once again, there are communication between floors and we try to, uh, to make uh, an office that it's as cozy as working at home. So this is the standing desk, so you, you can work a standing or an, in, a, in an a stool. And once again, most of these spaces are open spaces that are open to gardens and uh, to have uh, contact with natural lighting. We bring gardens into the buildings to, to make this relationship more powerful. Some other part of our work is being related with historical buildings. This is a, a hotel uh, near Mexico City, let's say two hours from, from that. And these walls are 16th century walls. Then we had a factory from the 19th century. And then we have this patio. This work has been done with Ricardo Legorreta and Victor Legorreta. And uh, the recycling of, of materials from old building was, was really important. So 
to make a new patio, a new contemporary patio on, on these places like this and to use again the stones, use again the, the wood and all that was really important at, at, at that time. And uh, you, I think it's better instead of having an old building or a new building to have both, both buildings at, at the same. I think it's wiser to, to have all these experiments of, of dealing with, with both things, historicals and contemporary. So all the wood, all the uh, systems of constructions of, of each period of time, it's exposed to be seen. We have some other examples of uh, hotels. This is a uh, hundred hectares in Riviera Maya, and we were dealing with a totally different kind of building. This is stone walls, white walls of stones with palapa, which is palm tree roofing, and some other kind of, uh, we say, wooden stone that uh, brings uh, the coziness of a hotel to these kind of places that, as I told you, uh, could be similar what you have here in Sri Lanka or in, in the surrounding uh, island that you have here. This is also an example of, of collaboration between some other people. The master plan is has done with ETSA and uh, from Miami and the interior designer is, is a guy from from Hong Kong. So it's a reality this collaboration uh, between architects all around the world that are appearing in 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 many of these examples. This is another building that we did in, in Guerrero, that's uh, six hours from Mexico City, and it's uh, a project that it's a, a B-shape with a garden in the middle, a palm garden in the middle, and once again, the relationship between new materials as concrete exposed and on the garden to make these uh, apartments bring some quality of life that some other buildings would think that they don't have. So, so decking, gardens, palms, I think the, uh, the quality of life that we are uh, lacking in, in so many countries and, and we want to, to go back to that. This is some other example of uh, a house in Mexico City. So the main idea is to have two gardens uh, one for the morning and one for the evening. So the whole house, you can open all the glazing. So you depend on the, of, on the weather, you can be inside or outside. And once again, the use of new materials, new technologies are, are present in, this, in these projects. This is a house near Mexico City, near the lake. And uh, the main idea is to be hidden in the, in the landscape. So everything's stone and concrete and wood. We, all the interiors are reclaimed wood from, from all the constructions. And uh, use the labor, all the 
our, uh, the handcraft that we have in each place makes the house completely different. Uh, and we use art people and, and interior designers to solve each project perfect for, for a client. Once again, at the end, we'll, we leave and the client uh, get these kinds of spaces and the relationship between the outside and the inside. This is an example of the first example of sustainability that we, we tried. And once again, we were thinking what to do. And the answer once again was, was again the, the presser block. So we dig a three by five uh, uh, basement uh, for the machinery for the water tank. And with that, we make 50,000 uh, presser blocks with 22,000 holes to be uh, covered at the end. And uh, we like a lot this way of lighting going through the walls in these double height uh, spaces on the ground floor. And uh, you open the whole uh, door on a rolling doors, so there's no boundary between the exterior and the interior. All this wood is like teak, but from the Mayan area. It's called Pukte. And uh, once again, the relationship between gardens, between uh, interior and exterior, are, are present here. So at the end, uh, we care a lot of, of sustainability. And all our people during the centuries has been sustainability. No, some someone with tiles and earth, some with stone and palm roofs, some with round uh, bamboo walls, and uh, Mexico as as Sri Lanka for sure. We have a lot of uh, sun energy that we have in the roof. So why uh, Mexican or Sri Lanka? architects, we are not leaders in, in this energy. Why are not doing new examples how to deal with, with this kind of resources? We make an, uh, some math on, on this, and we are sure that in Mexico, we gain something like $4 by square meters on, on our roof. So that's enough energy or enough money to make all the uh, warm water for, for showers. We can collect uh, water from the rain to, to drink. We can do uh, energy with photovoltaic energy. So once again, as, as, an, as a tree, which is a biology uh, machine that enhances the, the speed of, of wind and the makes a really nice space to be. Uh, we think that the, our building should be these biological uh, buildings to breathe, to open your eyes, to close your eyes, and to gather some energy on top. So that's been a related thing that we 
ask to all our projects as, as this energy roof that it's a constant in, on our recent work. The insulation, the double facade, and whole, the whole thing to solve these problems of the big cities about all these resources. Technology way of life is awful. I cannot put the mic on. Well, this is works that we have done together, and we are finishing with these works. This is uh, a corporate building for Banamex, which is City, New York, in Mexico. That was an old building that was of two different owners, and then they asked us to link them in this corporate building. So this was the, the limit between the two buildings. And we decided instead of having gardens here to do a big patio here that links both parts. That's what is important about this building. And at the same time, again, use the roof for gardening and have the patio and water and so forth that makes life a little bit better. This is, you can see this is clearing water going up that is used for the air conditioning, lowering the water temperature. Some of the time before, this has been a client that we have been working for them for many years also. They decided to, to do a building and we could not make a foundation for the building. So we decided to hang this to the old building. That's what is important about it. With the, with the link and just a neat place as possible. This is a building done in Acapulco. Acapulco, as you probably have heard about it, is the most famous port in Mexico on the Pacific. But instead of doing this for hotels or relaxing or, uh, I would say, vacationing and so forth, we were asked to do a corporate building for offices, offices of people that work in, in Acapulco. And basically, this is for uh, Coca-Cola and another brand of um, refreshments. And this is a building that, again, has all the structure on the side and just few columns on the middle. Again, this, this is a garden on top of a small roof. And then we have uh, glass on floors and glass on ceilings so that we can get natural light from top. And from these holes, we can get natural light also all through all the four facades. And taking care of that on these two sides, this is south and this is north, on north, we can allow, with a certain uh, cantilever, the, the opening of almost all the year. But on the south, we should be closed almost all the year. So this is what we got. As I told you, in, in Berlin, we start doing some things like this. Berlin and this are almost of the same age. The important thing here is that the air is flowing the whole surrounding the, the crystal glass that we have for the container of the offices. One thing that is always uh, an occupation of our design ideas is that we can do elevators 
specially designed for each building. In this case, we designed this with Kone, which is a very, very famous Finnish company for elevators. And to put for the first time in this type of climate, at least in Mexico, the open machinery room on, always on site. Here you can see the, how the sense of light is different, even though the sun is very warm on the outside. And again, on this split between the facade and the inner facade, we sometimes have terraces inside. No? This is a work that we won in a competition, national competition, which is Terminal 2 in the airport of Mexico City. This is a building, as you can see, that uh, as almost all the terminals in the airport, has basically three parts of the programming. One is the terminal itself, which is this. The other one is a hotel, which is on top of the main entrance. Another one is parking. Leaving with this scheme that makes only one building of the whole, which we call a mega building, a building that is 600 meters in this measure, and let us have all this open space, which we lack very much in Mexico. So the thing is that uh, that we add this garden to the city. We solve all the highways to get into this patio. We solve to bring all these seven levels of parking and then cross a shopping mall with a hotel on top to get to the, uh, to the terminal on the, on the west. So uh, one other thing that, that we have is that Mexico is not a rich country as the European or the North people from, from the States or Canada. So we try to solve uh, an airport with our economic realities. So no many elevators, so no many uh, escalators. So, and, and once again, the whole building is an exposed white concrete chisel that uh, we can complete in 27 months. The political times are really short in Mexico, and uh, and also the cost is not that that uh, big as some other airports in the world. But this is the 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 final product. So this is a, a great patio, which is a car lobby and the best uh, I think sensation of coming to the airport. And one thing that uh, always worries us in this project is that we need to have an image, a door of Mexico to foreigners and to people that come to our city, that give an idea which is different from all the other airports that are through the world. Basic, most of the airports in the world, I mean of the same age, are everything is on glass. So we decided not to do it that way, to have the punctures that we see in the ceiling and on the walls, so that you, we can have Another idea, and that maintenance will be really low. Uh, we have been receiving many visits from other countries to see how we could do the building, as Pablo was saying, only in 28 months, from beginning to end. 
and at the same time, that man, even though maintenance is not well done, the building looks like a new building still. All the shapes of the building are related to light. The way the light is coming through the north, the way the light uh, guides us through the buildings, through br bridges, and then the way the light is coming, even natural or, or artificial lighting in the, into the building. So most of the time, all the lights are off in, in this building. And another thing that is important is that we do not have air conditioning except on the uh, final, waiting, final waiting rooms. That's a rule from, uh, from the Yata. But all these spaces have natural ventilation and natural light, at least almost most part of the year. This is the only part that we have this uh, equipment for air conditioning. There are only air conditions three meters down. On top, there is no air conditioning. Again, as you see in the world we did in Acapulco, is the play of light, the play of inside and outside, and at the same time being uh, aware that you are in a different building. You probably like it or not, this building, but you will never forget that it's, everything is punctured. <laughs> By night, all these holes are a great lamp to, as a signal for the airport. This is another building we did in, in Guadalajara, which is a town that is about six hours from Mexico City. The particular of this building is that originally there were going to be two phases. So the first phase was going to be this building plus this section, which is a big structure that only have one post in the middle to hang a a pool that is on top, and afterwards they were going to build this one. Afterwards they decided to build it, and then we said, we can take this thing, and the owner said, no, what I like is that thing. And you can see now both parts. Again, the preoccupation of the sun and so I don't want to repeat it, but it's always in, in different ways, but it's always solved with these terraces and so This is the, the pool on top that has a beautiful view over great part of the city. This is another building that uh, we recently finished, which is just housing, but housing that has a different scheme on the party. It's a round building with, a, you will see it with all the elevators in the middle that makes these beautiful spaces, we think and makes natural ventilation from the outside to the inside and goes out. This is uh, an addition to a hotel in Mexico, which has to, the name is Singing Water. Singing Water means that there is water that is flowing from the, from the earth, and this is a balneario or a, a spa or something, what you want to call it. And the main idea is that the patio is it's not a pool, it's just a looking pool, it's not for swimming. And then it's open to this beautiful side. And all the water that comes here is always running and then goes and irrigates the fields of the element.
This is some other uh, work that we did together. It's a cultural space, which is, is just the first stage, is the 20% of it. And uh, we have a 1,200 uh, open auditorium, and then an 800 people, and then 200 people, and then two cinemas. So it's a complex for, cult for a cultural city. What uh, this city, it's Los Cabos. It's uh, the peak on the west where the, all the whales are coming each year. And they were lacking a space for culture. So uh, we won this competition to add this. And the main idea is that all these theaters in Mexico City developing 86 hectares for a housing. The site is this, and we leave all this space, which is 36% of the, of the compound, just with the trees that they were all under there. See, the, the main reason of, of, the, of this compound is that the changing social culture dwellings that are needed in this part of the city. So instead of having, these are private houses, but instead of having every house just looking at the main park or the main arterial or main road, we have entrance to these small spaces that give entrance to four different properties. Each one has 20 houses. And at the same time, we can liberate all this space for a park that links together with the open space that we left. And at the same time, this will be the, the part of the tall buildings. We are doing by the time being this building. But we also have all the sustainability items that are needed in these places. So, all these houses and all these buildings will have uh, water from a treatment plant so you don't, you don't use uh, portable water to, to drain or to do all the gardens and uh, you have a lot of things in common that it's the opportunity of doing new complex uh, for, for the city. For example, this is a water tank for the whole units uh, this is the sports uh, club at, at the end with this nice pool, cafeteria, and gym, and everything. So in some way, this is the, the, the example that the society is changing. And in, in some way, architecture will solve uh, these new necessities of dwellings, of, of people living on, on houses or people living in, in buildings. This is a, an example of, it's a three-phase building. This is a, just the first two. But the main idea is to have these openings or the ground floor. So from the street, you can see through these holes to all these Oak Creek. So once again, the building is not a barrier between the garden or the creek. So it's this uh, nexus between both. This is the way that will look at the end with the third space. 
and we are adding this all this park to to have these uh, public spaces that are really needed in in all these cities. Mainly, mainly this again is the same type of structure. That's very important in the in a country or in a city like ours that has quakes which are terrible. So all the structure is on top and on the bottom and just small pieces to have a load but only in the vertical way. This is, as, as Pablo was saying, this is the first stage that has a pool and two courts here for playing. And the last building, which has this round form, also covers all this parking space and becomes this a new garden for the building. That adds two gardens, one natural and one artificial, it's called because it's on top of this, and at the same time gives you another sense of uh, dimension in, the, in this type of buildings. Here you can see how during the time between the first phase that was this, the second phase is what is this, and the third phase, which is this, the owners will have changed. As you see here, there are almost no terraces. Now all the clients which are looking for this type of buildings are looking for terraces. Terraces that overlook this beautiful oak trees around this part, and at the same time they prefer to have more facade, even though this has the same area than these ones, these ones are in a shape like this, and these ones are elongated. So that for your patience, and we again are very grateful to the trustee and the invitation you had given us. For us, it's an honor to be able to talk with you about what we think in our life is the sense and the reason of living is also, for me at least, architecture is a must. Thank you very much for that wonderfully inspiring talk and I hope uh, all of us will be inspired to uh, at least, even, even, even if you are not architects, to, to demand and look for wonderful urban spaces like that uh, as our own city grows and develops and uh, so many projects keep coming up. Uh, so thank you very much for that wonderful inspirational talk. Um, if you had a few, any questions, I could take a couple of questions and I think uh, the two gentlemen would be around uh, to have tea with us at the back but uh, if anyone, I could take just a couple of questions. Yes. Great historian, Tanby, while analyzing 27 different civilizations, reached many conclusions. And one is that when a civilization is going down, the rich people are making monuments. Yes, so uh, if basically, is it a. Is it a uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> why, why did. What I said was that Tanby. A great historian, while analyzing 27 different civilizations up to now, reached many conclusions. And one is that when a civilization is going down, 
and the barbarians are knocking at the gates, rich people make monuments for people to remember. Are we going down? Well, I think, uh, I don't think civilizations are going down, first of all. And uh, I think we're going to new kind of civilization. So this transformation uh, from towns or from people from the fields gathering to big cities, it's a big opportunity. Big opportunity for commerce, big opportunities uh, for, uh, for gathering together to knowing more people. Uh, so, but at the same time, we need big buildings. Uh, so that's exactly the, the what, what are we thinking, uh, what, what can we do as architects in the 21st century uh, can, uh, can do with high density buildings and what's the right balance between open space or green space and tall buildings. So I think these examples are part of, of it to really convince a client that we must uh, uh, have more than 50% of the land, keep it green, or to add a, a green park above a parking, I think is part of the idea of, of, of the way to solve this problem of really tall buildings or high buildings or, or things like that. Let me have a little, uh, a little bit ironic uh, on, on the answer. This question has been formulated for centuries. People start gathering first in small towns. Then they start gathering in big cities. Now we are gathering in huge cities. Why? It's not like everyone is crazy. It's not like everyone in the country lives beautiful and in the cities lives awful. I would say it's the other way around. The reason of the cities and gathering is to get the best you can for you and your family. And using an old example, which is very awful, but it's true, people that live in the country, at least in our Mexico country, do not have all the services they deserve on health, so if they go to the cities, even though apparently they do not get anything, they get better jobs and normally health insurance that gives security to the family. So at the very end, gathering has both signs, plus and minus. Plus is all the facilities you can get from the community. Us that security and many other things are at risk. But anyway, I think that the world, for many, many reasons, is becoming a world of cities and not of countries. You, you play with circular, uh, circular, circular round shapes on your facades, circular perforations which bring in light and shadow. I just want to know whether they are glazed or they are open on, the, on, on your facades. We have both examples. In, the, in Mexico City, we closed 
and we don't close once, we close both because all new sustainability things are more on thermal things, so that's why we close two times. But if you go to the to the coast, to the beach, to a climate like like this with 30 degrees, we keep it open, try to make this flow through the holes and and filter the light and, uh, and really increase the speed of the flow of the wind. Let me add something else, because that's curious, because the question is always the same way. As Pablo said, it could be open or closed, but it could be also close to the water or to the rain and open to ventilation. So in these circles, the upper part, the glass is outside, and the, and the inner part of the wall, the glass is inside, so that you get water going down and air going through. We don't have problems with birds. <laughs> Whether they have problems with birds? No, things got not birds. Now birds are getting very intelligent. <laughs> On that note, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's the author's only questions I can take for the moment. So, thank you very much once again, Francisco and, and Pablo, for those very, that very inspiring talk.